You're listening to Below the Radar, a knowledge mobilization project recorded out of 312 Maine. This podcast is produced by SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. Below the Radar brings forward ideas to encourage meaningful exchanges across communities. Each episode, we interview guests on topics ranging from environmental and social justice, arts, culture, community building, and urban issues. This podcast is recorded on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You're listening to Below the Radar. My name is Jamie Lee Gonzalez, and this week I'm talking to Sarah Blythe. Sarah ran as an independent candidate for city council in the most recent municipal election. She also helped start the Overdose Prevention Society and served two terms as a park board commissioner. For years, she's been a leading voice in the downtown east side when it comes to addressing drug policy or responding to the opioid crisis. Despite not getting a seat on city council, she's still working on the front lines in the downtown east side and with OPS. All right, welcome to Below the Radar. My name is Jamie Lee Gonzalez, and I work out of SFU's Van City Office of Community Engagement. I'm here with Sarah Blythe. Um, and I mean, let's just jump into it. Sure. Get, get into yeah, all yeah. the good stuff. If there's anything you want to introduce yourself as specifically right okay, now. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I'm the executive director of the Overdose Prevention Society, and mm-hmm. we run a uh, safe injection site for people in the downtown east side and we see up to around three to four hundred people a day up to 700 people and a day and uh and um we've seen over two hundred thousand people and we have never lost any lives and we've saved a lot of lives so it's a pretty cool place to to be a part of but um it's a difficult place at times too absolutely yeah yeah and you have been a really vocal voice in the opioid crisis and in like the prevention response um not just through your work with ops but also uh, like running for council recently and 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 you're with phs and and all of that stuff so i'm curious what you're up to now well i'm just doing what i was doing before so and running for council was really good it's hard to win as an independent but Mm -hmm. i gave it a shot Um, and it was kind of interesting, you know, just because I've been so involved in the crisis for so long and it's going on so long, it was sort of a, an interesting kind of like break Mm -hmm. in some ways Mm -hmm. from just dealing with the crisis all the time. But it also gave me a chance to bring the issues into all of the different neighborhoods and talk to people about, you know, issues that are affecting them and learning more about what's happening in everybody's community. So it was really good. And, uh, I really enjoyed that my time and met a lot of great people. Yeah. Educated people and bridge some gaps. Yeah, I think even just running has brought you more into like the focus of the public eye. And, and that's, I mean, helpful in so many ways and, and bringing a lot of these issues to light. Um, how do you think that the new municipal government will address the drug policies or um, the overdose crisis? Well, I just, I, you know, there's been so many task forces uh, that I'm just hoping that they start to implement some of these tasks for, you know, these initiatives or ideas that people have come up with mm-hmm. that have been family members and, you know, people with lived experience and uh, drug, yeah, drug users themselves, um, just making sure that, you know, that these, you know, some of these ideas are tough to implement as politicians. And, you know, I'm just hoping that 
they don't just continue to try and come up with ideas to avoid what really is necessary. And that's just getting a safe supply to people who are uh, in the crisis and using because fentanyl is just so addictive. Um, Mm -hmm. People, you just, we need to get them off of something that might kill them onto something that's not going to kill them mm-hmm. and uh, that they know what dose they're taking. And uh, that's the only thing that's going to really help the crisis. It'll also help with a lot of things like survival sex trade. Uh, yeah. People, you know, instead of having to go out there and make money doing things that women may not want to do, mm-hmm. um, give them the ability to just get drugs that they need without having to do some of the, t- the, the, the harder stuff mm-hmm. um, that might cause more trauma and put them at risk. Also, even, you know, breaking into cars and other things. So I think you can, it, it, you know, it's just a responsible thing to do in so many ways. And people feel like um, that it'd be a bit of a political risk to to right. really run these programs. But actually, in the end, like, it doesn't matter um, because it's going to be, it'll save money, save lives and everything mm-hmm. else that's necessary. Yeah. So. It's really important that um, you need this leadership to get out there and just say this is the right thing to do and be strong on it or else we're just, you know, we're just implementing programs that don't really work or are just uh, band-aids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What What's your perception of the government's response so far, uh, whether it's municipal, provincial, federal? Well, I think, you know, municipally, um, I think that we can do a lot better. Um, we criminalize a lot of drug users um, and, you know, they get charged for, you know, just having the small supply and um, making a mental health or, you know, an issue, a criminal issue and send people to the, through the the criminal system as opposed to actually helping them with yeah. the, the need that they help, which is, or the, the, the help that they need, which is housing and, um, you know, mental health or other types of health uh, mm-hmm. issues that they may have. Um, so I think that, you know, we we're failing our most vulnerable people yeah. by just jailing them and, and in doing that to them. So I think that that's terrible. Um, and it doesn't provide any hope for mm-hmm. the person who's on the that's living in an alley in the downtown east side. We need to come up, you know, we need to do a lot better municipally. Um, provincially, with the overdose prevention sites, it's been really good. But we really need to um, focus on getting safe access, both provincially and federally. So we need to continue to push for that. And it needs to be treated like an actual crisis. Yeah. There's people dying in the streets or in Vancouver more than there ever has for any other crisis that I think has been known. Mm-hmm. So we just have to, you know, treat it like the crisis that it is and do something, you know, do some bold things that just don't do things that we've done for a hundred years because that's kind of how we got ourselves to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So um, the war on drugs didn't work. We need to now treat people um, yeah. and help people. Yeah, I mean, the war on drugs just created stigma and and dehumanized people who are just self-medicating, I think, and and trying to cope and deal. Um, sorry, and then federally, I guess, I mm-hmm. was the last. Well, I think that uh, we should definitely be, you know, uh, calling it what it is, and that's a national health crisis, and do mm-hmm. it in an official way. Um, because it is, and I think, you know, bringing more attention, but also decriminalizing drugs across Canada, making sure that people have safe access as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really going to make a huge difference in um, in the crisis itself. So I think everything, you know, you can do everything that you want to do 
Um, but if you don't do that, then you're not like, it, it won't really do much, I think, mm-hmm. in the end uh, to help the crisis. And also, I mean, also hope, health, you know, hope and housing and other things like that. But yeah. Um, so do you think like what's next for you? Do you think um, you would go back to politics or you feeling like burnt out from that? Or <laughs> how do you I mean, imagine it would be kind yeah. of like it would burn me out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm used to doing lots of things. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm always uh, wondering what's next and trying to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm happy doing what I'm doing and I was a bit worried that if if there was a chance and I knew it would be difficult but mm-hmm. if there was a chance that I did make it to council it would be difficult to kind of leave where I, what I'm doing yeah. right now because mm-hmm. I feel like the work that I'm doing is really important. Yeah. So um but you know I I was committed to continue to help. So the thing is is that um I'm not really sure things come up and then you just mm-hmm. you go should I do this or not and try and make good decent decisions about what you're gonna do um but uh who knows yeah i don't know because it's not your first time in politics yeah um twice yeah 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 and you and you started because you just wanted to make some change right yeah yeah Yeah. Um, i mean there's there's really benefits to making change from like the front lines and mm -hmm. you know being on the ground grassroots and then there's also benefits to being in government and you know um making you know making policy hearing from people accepting interesting cool new ideas and having people like that in government is really important Mm -hmm. um because you aren't going to get anything interesting done without some some interesting people that will be willing to listen to your ideas so you know we need a bit of that's why it's great to have you know hopefully this council seems pretty i mean it's you know it's pretty diverse in terms of like what they bring to the table and and who they are as people Mm -hmm. it's not diverse uh you know in terms of like yeah visibly you know yeah it's not and and you know and and we have to do better than that um in the future and i really hope that um they're going to find a way to make it a more diverse counselor and give people opportunities to uh because uh, nobody, you know, how does anyone want to run if they think that they don't have a chance? And then yeah. so you're going to get less and less people putting their names forward That's because true. it's a lot of time, effort, commitment. You have to go to meetings across the city. And if you think mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to be all white people who get elected, it's, it, I mean, you know, why would, how would people actually want to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. run mm-hmm. and be involved in that sort of thing? And um, there's just got to be some really big changes. Yeah. Um, to that and uh, and that's you know partially that's education and I agree, yeah. but people are you know I don't know even um, Desmond Cole mm-hmm. he got carded yesterday did you see that I didn't see that but yeah okay yeah, yeah. so he came to Vancouver yeah. you know to talk to people about yeah, carding a, and then he I'm, gets carded right near Stanley Park and it's and un- unbelievably shocking and he's like it's like that is not a new issue for him to talk about like people no. don't how can you not recognize him yeah. at, as like the voice of that, yeah. you know? And so he gets carded the, within 24 hours of being here. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's just, a, but it's not shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, I'm. I, it's not that I'm glad that it happened, but people in the downtown east side living in poverty and that are homeless deal with it every day. Mm-hmm. And no one takes, like you talk about yeah. it, no one takes it seriously. Yeah. And so, you know, having someone like that. A little who more can, high profile. Yeah, can, yeah. can you know, say this happened to me 
and it happens to, and if it happens mm-hmm. to me it happens to other people too yeah. and so you know it's been like and to me that's really important because um it does i see it happen people get carded all day mm-hmm. it's uh and it's disgusting really yeah. because yeah. uh it's uh it's human rights and uh, being trampled um and uh people being uh carded based on their skin color and it's totally not it's not cool yeah 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 and i feel i mean <laughs> to like loop it back around like i do feel like we reflect back at our city these ideas that are really deeply ingrained because we have an all-white council except for uh pete fry yeah i mean like it it just brings to mind the subconscious of people and that those are that's an issue that's not really Mm -hmm. that's in the subconscious whether you know even what anyone wants to admit to it or anything else it's it's actually something that people are really dealing with on a regular basis and and also how are people gonna like how is policy going to change around that if we are continuously electing people who don't experience any of these things right yeah yeah um yeah i think diversity within our council is a major issue um yeah experience in any way mm -hmm. is is like when you can speak to things from experience it's the it's the only way yeah to understand it because no one can really understand someone else's thing yeah when you have lived experience Mm -hmm. in anything and you know that's why asking drug users Mm -hmm. how what their lived experience is um actually is the thing that and when drug users have lived experience they can really truthfully talk about what it's like and no one else can do that mm-hmm. yeah, so absolutely um what do you think the impacts of the legalization of cannabis in bc will be um well that's kind of just rolling out now mm-hmm. um for people that are homeless um that don't have a like if they want to get medical medical cannabis um people that are homeless don't have an address mm-hmm. they don't have a credit card so they can't yeah. buy any of this you know medical cannabis yeah. online so it's going to be challenging for people that are poor and living in poverty mm-hmm. to get medication that they need, um, you know, which brings it around to like, then they go back to the black market and those sorts of things. So I think it's yeah. like, you know, I think with everything there's good intentions, but then, you know, it's it, it's legalizing and then having, it, you know, more criminalization of it you know um i really think that i really hope i had a person in the downtown east side have a police officer say well actually several people saying like you know after legalization and you're caught smoking you're gonna um you know i'll be able to give you a 500 hundred dollar fine for smoking a joint Mm. so you can't if you're a medical user but to be honest like um who the hell, why would they use that to, like, that's just, that's a terrible use of, like, you know, police officer time, yeah. right? Yeah. In the downtown east side or anywhere else. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just think, like, sometimes when you enact these things, some of the some of the consequences of that is just, like, more enforcement, which is yeah. not the goal of legalization. Yeah. So I think as these things come up, people have to really challenge them and make sure that um, people are getting treated fairly yeah i agree i also yeah. think that a lot of people making the um policy around this aren't necessarily th- like they're thinking of the economic benefits and you know it's legal we can do this like yeah, yeah. i don't know and they don't have the lived experience exactly. of the, the the pot user yeah. themselves yeah. or a cannabis user sorry yeah yeah and uh and the, and the, what the actual needs are and why mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of people use it for pain relief mm-hmm. they use it for um anxiety anxiety mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's a coping tool again. It's like it's yeah, and it's better yeah. than opiates. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. give it to people. Yeah, you know, let yeah. people have it, mm-hmm. especially with you know the opiate crisis and mm-hmm. everything else. I've I've seen you know through our program in the past, I've seen that it's really helped people. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, with pain and sleep and things like that that yeah. they were using opiates for. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it is a lot of um, you know comfortable middle-class people who are reaping the benefits of legalizing it, but there's like nothing to be done about decriminalizing mm-hmm. yeah. and, and actually creating accessible cannabis for the people who would use it as like medicine too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so for Vancouverites, um, how do you feel people not in the political sphere are responding? Do you, do you find that, um, you're getting a lot of support. Do you find that you're mm-hmm. like trying to battle the stigma or, or like what's your perception of Vancouver rights as a, as the mass? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people are becoming more educated and supportive of, of doing something mm-hmm. and they're, you know, learn, you know, starting to understand that, um, that there are some things that we haven't done in the past. And I think, you know, I think we're at a point that we could actually do something and the sooner the politicians f- figure that out mm-hmm. and understand that, the better. Every you know, less people are going to die. Uh, you know, we'll be world leaders in this. Um, all the frontline workers agree on it. So you know, what's the hell? You know, what's this? What's the hold up on this? So um, I just think that it's time to just get on with what we know mm-hmm. what needs to be done that's right for people and get people safe access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there anything that could be done um, that, that our listeners could do to help, you know, destigmatize or, or get involved or anything that you would suggest our listeners to uh, put their own like knowledge or skill to use? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Writing letters uh, and saying that you support um, safe access to, you know, and federal, provincial, and municipal government having conversations, educating people um, is really, really important mm-hmm. Yeah, for change. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in educating yourself, um, being safe. I mean, that's one of the main things, Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think even if it's okay to bring up, you said that, you know, you, you your son works with you and he's 15. So, like, educating, like, the next generation and, and, and like normalizing and humanizing these crises um, for the younger generation who, yeah. who are very influential. Yeah. Well, today is uh, bring your kid to school day. Or no, oh, to work bring to... your day, kid to work day. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he's with me today and he's learned how to use Narcan. He learned how mm. to do the drug testing, he, you know, and there's a lot of science involved with that. Yeah. But, you know, it, and he's like, you know, I know people who use drugs i mean we don't need to lose any more no, young people no and i think educating so and, our and kids it, is yeah so educating important. our kids is so important in saving their lives and having them make decisions yeah um and uh, and stopping something before it starts especially yeah. with our vul- most vulnerable kids mm-hmm. i think um you know kids with learning disabilities mm-hmm. kids that have maybe other issues growing up mm-hmm. are more susceptible to drug use long term and yeah. the long term situation for someone in drug use is is not you know it's not a positive thing and it's a costly thing mm-hmm. because you know um so 
I think it's really important uh, to help get people when they're young and get make you know have them understand and also be prepared if they're at a party that yeah uh, and some they come into an overdose or something because mm-hmm. that's you know the pills that kids are taking these days have you yeah. know are like Xanax has mm-hmm. been you know Insight just did a test where it's got uh, fentanyl in it and that's mm-hmm. what young people take. I think a lot of kids are also, you know, if that's something that they get into, it's also a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So it's like talking to your kids, mm-hmm. making sure that if they are having a hard time mm-hmm. that, you know, like Well, there's a lot of anxiety of yeah. being a young person, totally. especially in this world the way that it is. Yeah. So, you know, people are looking for anxiety relief and I understand that, but that's not the way to do it. No. You know, mm-hmm. for a young person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being open about it but also um having like a good understanding of, yeah. of the effects that some of these things mm-hmm. can have on you and making good decisions. And I don't mm-hmm. know, the education is really important. Yeah, education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add? No, I'm pretty good. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Sarah Blythe for coming out and talking to me. Thanks to Davis Steele for composing the music for this podcast. To the producers, Am Joe Hall, Melissa Roach, Maria Cecilia Saba, and myself. Sarah and I covered a lot of things within this conversation, but I just want to add that if you are using to not use alone and to go to one of the safe injection sites around Vancouver and the downtown east side. 